Welcome to the Conquer Your Draft Podcast, where fantasy champions are made. Welcome back to the Conquer Your Draft Podcast. I'm Josh, and with me today is Mike. How you doing, Mike? Good. I got to explain something right off the bat. I understand okay. there might have been some confusion about the title of our podcast episode <laughs> two, two weeks ago. Okay, nipples. Let me explain. Okay, I'm, I'm going to let you finish, but let me explain. Nipples helps keep week 10 interesting was the title. Nipples refers to my nickname for Aaron Rodgers uh, because of the very funny video of him rubbing his own nipples during warm-up. I find Aaron Rodgers to be an absolute ridiculous human being. So any opportunity to poke fun of him, I will take it. I also like to mention weekly that he is in a relationship with a witch doctor named Blue of Earth. Take it away, Josh. Well, I have a follow-up question for you now, actually. Okay. Does the news that he's been playing with a fractured thumb for the past week change your view of Aaron Rodgers' performance this season? No. He hasn't performed well. I mean, that just sort of helps explain it. Now, number one, like I and I've said this before, the difference to me between the Brady and Rodgers thing this year, at least at the beginning of the year, was Rodgers doesn't have a good team around him. Um, and Brady has had a good team around him, but a lot of people were injured. So I expected as the injuries come back, Brady would kind of pick things up a little bit. Aaron Rodgers hasn't had much around him. He was acting kind of like a spoiled brat on the field. I don't think, like, I think he's kind of past his prime and it's clear. And I think he's going to be one of those players that plays two or three years beyond what they should have. So the fact that he's injured doesn't really surprise me because he hasn't been playing well this year. And that probably just adds to one of the reasons why he hasn't been. He's over the hill. So I, at the end of the day, he's not going to be what he was. He's not going to be an MVP again, and he's never going to win another Super Bowl. So there you go. And I also right. don't like him as a person, Josh, so I am biased. I will admit <laughs> my biases. I'm not, I'm not an ignorant person. I'm not going to not admit when I'm biased. I am biased. I want to see him fail. So I'm happy about it. Okay. Well, That's Mike uh... at ConquerYourDraft.com. There you go. You got all it. Your... I did get one email, actually, about my nipples comment. I'm not going to read it. Oh, oh dear. Okay. <laughs> but but I, did get a, I did get an email about it. Great. Um, I did see an article that he believes that he will play until the Packers are mathematically eliminated. So maybe you won't have to deal with Aaron Rodgers anymore in the next week or two. Yeah, I mean, that might happen uh, quickly. It doesn't take away from any of his, of his accomplishments. He's had a very good stellar career despite being a, a, what does he call himself, a critical thinker. Um, he has had a good career. But, uh, yeah, I think they're going to be – they're not a playoff team this year. Like, come on. It, that People are kidding themselves if you think the Packers are a playoff team. They're done. Uh, they're going to be mathematically eliminated soon. They're finished. Uh, I, I mean, <laughs> because of the division that they're in, the, the you know, to comp- continue the Brady comparison, the Bucks might win their division. So you never know with them. Yeah, I mean, they're only two games behind in their division. The Who, who's their big threat? Like Atlanta? <laughs> oh, sorry, you're talking about... Uh, oh, sorry, I'm talking about, uh, I'm talking about the Packers. Yet, yeah, no, the uh, Bucks are first in the NFC South, but uh, it's, it's close. 
I think. Yeah, see, the problem is, though, is that the Falcons don't know how to play football. Um, they actually have a lot of talent, but don't know how to use them because they're poorly coached. So forget about them. Um, and yeah, like I just, the Vikings, <laughs> the Vikings are, are kind of everyone's mystery team here. Um, but the, I don't, between, I just don't think that the, the Vikings are going to relent. They'll win enough games to win that division. And right now, Green Bay's tied with Detroit. So that's never good. No, no, definitely not. Uh, well, we had a big Thanksgiving weekend in the NFL. We had three games on the Thursday. Um, you Did you watch much of the Thursday games? I watched, uh, yeah, I watched almost all of them. I had to go play sports myself in the evening. Um, but I did watch um, all of, of the Bills-Lions game, which was hugely entertaining. And I watched all of the uh, Giants-Dallas uh, Cowboys game. And then I caught the second half of the uh, New England-Minnesota uh, Vikings uh, game. Um, it was, I thought it was very entertaining, very good football. Like it kind of broke the Thursday mold. One, one of our bold predictions, uh, for last week revolved around like points being scored, which we were right on about the, the, pretty much the Buffalo Detroit game. We were right on a bunch of things. Minnesota, like Kirk Cousins actually did some stuff. Um, we were right about that as well. You know, obviously we didn't get any news, um, out of Odell Beckham Jr., but Dallas did beat the New York Giants, so are they going to sign him? We don't know. We were one interception away from 100% nailing the Vikings-Patriots. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, one interception away. <laughs> I, I said two, he threw one. Yeah, and he, Otherwise, and I said he'd get three touchdowns, and he did. Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> like we had it. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, that was funny. It was funny to watch our predictions start to uh, start to come through but yeah thanksgiving three big games should be on and three big big games were like they were all entertaining football games um with you know especially like again i didn't catch the first half but the the second half of the minnesota uh, new england game was great like i thought it was highly entertaining yeah unfortunately i missed that um i did see all the earlier games though and uh it still seems like the Giants and Cowboys are the top two for Odell Beckham, who, I don't know if you saw that, got uh, kicked off of a plane. <laughs> yeah, I, I did. Yeah. <laughs> I did see that. Uh, so <laughs> The I, worst it, thing you can have happen when you're trying to sign a contract yeah. um, is have something like that happen. Yeah, make yourself look bad in the public eye. Oh, well. He's just got to make that decision quickly. Yeah, he really does, and and whoever gets him, like, and and again, it might be it might be the the Cowboys or the Giants. Like, it looks like it's gonna be one of those two. It's gonna help them for the playoffs. It does. It does look like both of them will be playoff bound. Um, I definitely think like Dallas, no brainer. They're gonna get into the playoffs. I I'm still expecting <laughs> the wheels to fall off the Giants at some point, but I mean. They're collecting wins all over the place, and with the expanded playoffs, they they're sitting in the playoffs spot right now. Like they're probably going to get in there. They might have banked enough wins, um, but uh, I'm just I've been waiting for the wheels to fall off them and the Jets all season, and they're, they're both seven and four, and I I'm still surprised by that. I'm still surprised by how well both those teams are playing. Yeah. I don't know this this week the Cowboys and the Giants. Uh, I I don't know. I think that 
this week might set the tone for how they're going to do for uh, for who's going to make the playoffs and who isn't. Yeah, and I mean, like, it's clear NFC East, like, Philadelphia's got that division locked up. I know it's not mathematically there yet, but I just don't see them losing enough. Um, no, me either. So you're in wildcard positions, and the fact that Washington's starting to win games now, yeah, that's they're going to put you into a position of, of fearful a little bit. They're in the final wildcard spot right now, yeah. I believe. Yeah. Yes, because Seattle's a game back from them. I think they only have six wins. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, well, we unfortunately had some injuries uh, over the week. So Darnell Mooney, his his season has come to an end. Yeah. He's a uh, he's going to be having surgery and he'll be out for the rest of this year. So that uh, takes away one of Justin Fields' weapons. Unfortunately, um, he's still dealing with his injury. So hopefully, he's back this week. I do believe that's the expectation. If not, they're in a lot of trouble. I mean, I think yeah. Chicago season's done probably anyway, but again, the NFC, they've got a couple weak teams there and a couple teams that could fall off. So if you rattle off a few wins in a row, you might get back into it. But if if they can't win next week, if Fields can't come back in, like they're already three and nine. So they're in a lot of trouble. Yeah, I don't I don't see them coming anywhere near wildcard contention, so it's probably in their best interest to make sure Fields stays healthy and not rush him back anyways. Because, mm-hmm. um, like, I think they would have to go perfect the rest of the season and a bunch of other teams would have to lose for them to even try to get, like, the last wildcard spot, really. So the odds of it happening are, are so low. Like, why bother risking Fields? He's clearly their future. They finally figured out how to use him and it made an immediate difference. So now yeah. they can start building around him. Yeah, definitely. Um, kind of like what the Eagles did with uh, Hertz and with Josh Allen, and like you realize, okay, we've got something special here. Now we need to help him out. Yeah, definitely. I, Michael Carter for the Jets got left the game injured. I don't believe it's determined right now if he'll be out for an extended period of time or not. But what was more surprising was that James Robinson was a last-minute healthy scratch. So I don't know what's going on there. Like they just brought him in. I I think the general consensus was that he was going to be the main guy for this backfield until next mm. season, at least when Brees Hall came back. But now they're not using him. Mm. Yeah, I wonder what's going on there. Yeah, like if you're if you're a James Robinson manager, you were looking pretty good at a a nice playoff schedule for matchups, and now yeah. you might not even get to use him. Yeah, he might not even play. That's that is yeah. It's very. There must be something internally that's going on there that we don't know about because that that is an odd move. You bring him in for this kind of exact situation, and now you're not like he's a scratch. Like you're not going to play him. That's yeah. There must be something going on. Yeah, I I don't know. It, this has been a weird season for the NFL and running backs and people getting benched and then trying to trade them and then try bringing them back. And now they're the main guy again. It's been all over the road. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's why I'm not an NFL coach, I guess. I don't understand yeah. these big picture moves. So No, and, and sometimes it's behind the scene things that you, that you don't like, that you have to show a player 
or uh, a team that you're the one in charge. And if someone's not listening to you, sometimes you make those types of decisions. But I'm the same way. I'm not an NFL coach either, but I don't understand. Like my comments about Atlanta earlier and even the Saints, sometimes you have these uber talented offensive threats and you don't use them. Like you do, like the the Falcons should be using players like Cordello Patterson a lot more in a lot different situations, and they're just not doing it. And it's the same with Taysom. The point I brought about Taysom Hill week after week after week, one of your most talented offensive weapons because he's so mul- you can use him in multiple ways, do different trick plays. You you're, is he, is he going to run? Is he going to throw? Is he going to be a receiver? Is he going to like that's that's a great weapon to have, and you just refuse to use him. It's so strange to me, some of these coaching decisions that get made. Yeah, do you remember when the Saints proved that they're giant liars and they said they were going to use Taysom Hill more as a quarterback? Yeah, oh yeah, I do remember. That was last week. <laughs> yeah, do you remember, Do you know how many pass attempts uh, Taysom Hill did this year? Or this week? This past uh, week? I'm going to guess not many. <laughs> one. He threw one, <laughs> one. pass and did it was an incompletion. Any points this week for fantasy? Like any he, since trading him, I stopped paying attention to him. He had six carries for thirteen yards, and he had one reception for seven yards. So three fantasy points, <laughs> three points. in a PPR league. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> that yeah. tells you right there what they don't know what they're doing. And and there is there are some coaches in this league that are brilliant. And you can tell when you get into the playoff situations, it becomes a coaching like matchup, honestly. Who's who's gonna out coach? Who? Yep. Um, I think Absolutely. we even saw it in the Monday Nighter this past week, right? Where Pittsburgh has a stronger coach than Indianapolis, a more experienced coach who knows what he's doing. Two not great teams. Who came out on top? It was the Steelers. Well, really, I mean, it was the coach who is an actual NFL coach and not just a guy who was a high school coach and used to play in the NFL. <laughs> well, I so. mean, he did. He, now, hold on. He, he had a long career here. Jeff Saturday had a long NFL career. Yeah, um, but I mean but, yes, I mean I played I played hockey for 15 years. That doesn't mean <laughs> I'm going to coach a junior hockey team out here. No, you know? no. No, and that's true. especially like Mike Tomlin is an experienced coach. He's been around he's a, a great long coach. Time. He's yep. a great coach. Uh he's proven he's a proven winner. He outcoached Jeff Saturday on Monday night. Like he did. The game when a game ends 24-17, it's a close game. He made better decisions. Um, the team, the, like Pittsburgh, looked more like a well-oiled machine in in comparison to the all over the place. No, don't know what the heck they're doing, Colts. Uh, but at least the Colts used their best player. Right? Like it's kind of like, right. It's that argument, right? At least yeah. Jonathan Taylor did stuff. <laughs> it's true, you know. So again, it's it it is just frustrating sometimes to watch some of these decisions. But again, I'm I've never. Uh, played a professional game of, of football. I've never played a amateur competitive game of football um, outside of school. I understand that I don't, there's certain things I don't know, but sometimes you just see bonehead decisions. Like I just would love to know what you were thinking. Would love to know. Yeah, I agree. Um, we spoke about our league's trade deadline last week. And uh, I, inadvertently dodged two bullets actually the Taysom Hill and James Robinson bullet uh I made I made so many trade offers for Taysom Hill yeah they were all rejected and so far so good on that um 
and James Robinson, I had been trying to pry away from the Robinson manager for the past month, I would say, since he got traded. And it never panned out. And now I'm okay with that. Yep. Uh, it, and it was, we predicted it would be a quiet trade deadline because of all the action in our league the previous weeks. But there were two deals that were made and you did get one deal in. I did, um, yep. You got, you got one deal in for Alvin Kamara, which... Uh, once again, for about the third time, you fleeced uh, a terrible deal from other people in our league, um, and you got yourself another high-end, skilled, top five, top ten skilled player. So well done there uh, for taking advantage of other people. I mean, you, I think you took just as much advantage no, in your trade. Hold on. This so. is what happened. This is what happened. Uh-huh. Okay. I don't Here remember. I don't remember a hundred percent what I was doing that day. I think it was because it was Friday. Is that our trade deadline? Yeah. Yep. It was Friday. I was having kind of a sleepy day. wasn't feeling great. Took a nap. Woke up from my nap to a notification that the champ, which is your name in our league, which is annoying. Made a deal <laughs> for Alvin Kamara for two scrubs. And I thought, oh boy, if I don't make a deal now, I'm in trouble. Because I had made already a couple earlier deals. I had a little statistical point system put together. Where I'm like, I need to make up this amount of points to have a chance in the playoffs to beat Josh or some of the other strong teams in our league. So I ran to my phone. I had tried to make a couple deals. They all fell through. And I, I offered... This the trade that went through, which got me Austin Eckler. I offered the trade. It sat there for like an hour, hour and a half, like right before the deadline. Like literally, I think a half an hour or an hour before our trade deadline, the other manager accepted the deal. And I got Austin Eckler. 15 minutes. 15 minutes before. There you go. 15 minutes before the deal was accepted. And I found out the deal was accepted for some reason, my notifications on my phone weren't going through. You texted me being like, no, 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 sorry. You're past the deadline, which it wasn't because we're in two different time zones. Yes, so in we, my time zone, we were past. We were past, yeah. yeah. Um, and I, and then that's how I knew that I got him. So yeah. I, I was able to compete with you. And the number one and number two teams in our pool, you and me, both made a big addition going into the playoffs. Yeah. Now, I, I want to backtrack to your comment about the scrubs. Chris Olave, Absolutely. by no means is he a scrub. Absolute scrub. He is a top 15 wide receiver this year. Yeah. Yeah. Kamara is the number 22 overall running back in our league. Again, that's standard score. Well, now, hold on. Now, hold on. Now, hold on. Okay. But you, you, re- you know that in, in a pinch bet- you know, on the Saints... Kamara is going to get the ball in better situations and has a pretty good end of year schedule. I mean, like, what's what's your playoff schedule for him? Atlanta, Cleveland, and Philadelphia. <laughs> yeah, that well, is why I traded awesome. for him. So no, actually, it's good for running backs. Surprisingly, really? Phil- oh, yeah, I yeah, and I guess it all depends too because you know Philadelphia. But though, isn't that the last game of the year? Because I don't. I think our championships done. That is week. championship week. That week is Philadelphia. Week seventeen. Yeah. 
It's Philadelphia. Yeah, so like that's yeah, I don't know. Phil I guess they could still be. But anyways, do you know how many points Alvin Kamara has in standard scoring over the past four weeks? You know that Alvin Kamara is a top ten talent. Okay? You know he's that. supposed to be. He's supposed yeah, to be. So you know you know you traded for another top ten player for who for, has yes, not performed at that point. Great well. To at that point, Austin Eckler hasn't performed at that point either. I know he's ranked number one running back. He doesn't deserve it. He's had two good weeks in a row. <laughs> what do you mean he doesn't deserve it? Deserve it's it. based on points. Austin Eckler is a scrub. Okay, <laughs> I acquired a scrub. Okay, a scrub who doesn't even deserve to be in the league. What is I happening right now? Off the the hands of the other uh, other manager because I'm a nice guy. Okay, so again, that is Mike at ConquerYourDraft.com. Yeah. <laughs> Mike, email me, Mike at ConquerYourDraft.com. So far, I've received three emails, and two of them were hatred. You deserve <laughs> it, quite frankly, at this point. <laughs> Listen to me. Listen to me, okay? Austin Eckler's going to ride my bench for the rest of the year, okay? That's what he's going to do. That's what he deserves until he smartens up. He's been leading the team. Like, what more do you want him to do? <laughs> I want him to be what he was last year. He had, a, he had a slow start last year, too, but then he he made the difference. I, I made a trade for Austin Eckler again last year, earlier in the year. He is the one that turned my team around and got me to the final. And then on Antonio Brown danced me out of the Super Bowl. But Austin <laughs> Eckler got me there. Austin Eckler will get will definitely, you know, oh, hey, he got, what do you get, like 14 points in, in our league uh, standard scoring last year or last week. And then yeah, you'll get what more do you want? Well, I I want 30. I want 20. I I want the week he had against Seattle this year. I want the week he had against Cleveland. Then, you know, what follow San Francisco, zero touchdowns, 24 yards. See, that's the problem with Austin Eckler. He can uh he can hit a wall. Now well, I like that's, his schedule. That's just a... I like his schedule more than you seem to. Well, Later. Tennessee and Los Angeles are two of the hardest rush defenses. But so. Miami and Indianapolis in the middle there. And again, you got to look. I got depth. I've got depth at the the running back. I've got him in to start this week because he's playing Vegas, and we all know Vegas can't do anything. Um, but okay. you know, I've got Saquon. I've got Dalvin Cook. Okay, Austin Eckler, scrub. I would take That's- Eckler over Dalvin Cook, one hundred percent. Eckler scored a touchdown. He's he's has he has twelve touchdowns after twelve weeks. He's averaging mm-hmm. you one a week. That's an interesting that's an interesting uh, discussion actually because Dalvin Cook is also up and down every week. Like the most consistent, I don't know, I know it's based on points, but the most consistent running back, in my opinion, of the ones I have is Saquon Barkley. Like you, you can count yeah. on him getting something for the most part, and he's such a key part of that offense. I think he's had one game when he really like couldn't do anything. But Austin Eckler and Dalvin Cook. They have moments where if they don't score a touchdown, like you've brought this up on previous weeks, like if Dalvin Cook doesn't score a touchdown, he'll get you nothing because, he, you know, unless he's having one of those games where he can get over 100 yards, but often he's getting 40 yards or 30 yards, 47 yards. He's not getting the touches consistently. But he's getting the passing work. He's getting the passing work, yes. Yeah. Now, if we were in a peep area league, I think your opinion would be very, very different. Oh, probably. Um, no, you're right about that, which we, we might discuss switching to next year. If that's the popular one, I'd rather be in the league where we have more standardized pointing. And so when we're talking on the show and we're talking about our league, we don't have to like qualify it with non-PPR. We'll discuss it. 
But now that we're doing this podcast, I'm I'm slightly coming around to PPR. I don't know about a full point for a reception, but like maybe a half point. I don't know. We'll just well, guess what? Half half points do exist. So yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. You can do that. Um, All right, we do need to uh, keep moving along though, so we don't run out of time. Oh, I, I just guess so. <laughs> very very briefly, very briefly, I just want to stand on a soapbox for a minute and rant at the San Francisco 49ers. In particular, their goal line play calling. Mm. Because so terrible. You brought in at, at worst one of the top two running backs in the NFL. Arguably at the top running back in the NFL with Christian McCaffrey. You are first and goal. He's not on the field. And so you are second and goal. He is not on the field. <laughs> Third and goal. Okay, we bring him in. Do we give him the ball? We do not. Fourth and goal. We're going for it. Who do we send off the field? Christian McCaffrey. And you spend all this capital to bring him in. Yes. And he's a two. he's a two-pronged attack at the running back. Because you can hand the ball off to him. But he can also catch. Like he's, Absolutely. he's a big receiver, basically. Yeah. And your fourth and goal play call, instead of having him on the field and making the defense honor what he can do in the passing game or the rushing game, your big play call on fourth and goal was to have Jimmy Garoppolo try to run it in from now, like the three on. or four yards out. My boy, Jimmy G, he... <laughs> It's sometimes reliable. Listen, no, listen. My issue is not with Jimmy G. My issue was just with the play call. Jimmy G right. is not a running quarterback. He no, is a very good passer, yeah. but he is not someone who is going to burn you on the ground. So I think if you had had Christian McCaffrey out there, then maybe do a like a run pass option with him. Because if they sell out to stop Christian McCaffrey, then Jimmy G can pass it. Or maybe then it opens it up and then he can run it in. I would have been okay with that because at least McCaffrey was out there. I do not accept that in four, three out of four of your two goal-to-go play calls, your best player on the team is on your bench. No, And, I, and I, know, I know he has an irritated knee and all that, but this was before he went in early at halftime to get that mm-hmm. looked at. This mm-hmm. was when he was still in the field and when Elijah Mitchell was still on the field. Yeah. And you were putting Mitchell out there and it did not make any sense. Yeah. Okay, my rant's over. No, we'll 100%. Going. And I just want, just before we move on, I just want to be very clear to our audience that I know Austin Eckler is not a scrub. Yeah, I don't think that's going to save you from the hate mail. I'll be no, honest. I'm sure. <laughs> I just want an official out there before I, I get uh, accused of backtracking later. I know he's not a scrub. All right. All right, there you go. There you go, guy. Everybody, you uh, you heard it from Mike. <laughs> Not a script. <laughs> All right, so we'll look back at week twelve. Uh, we'll start with our quarterback conquerors again. You can find the full article with the review at conqueredraft.com. Comes out every Tuesday. So for quarterback, we had Trevor Lawrence, Mike White, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert, Derek Carr, and Jalen Hurts. So Trevor Lawrence finally back in business. Yeah, Lawrence uh, get it, have had a good game. Like he finally looked good. I don't know if you saw. I saw this. So hilarious. People on social media are so funny. Uh, on Instagram, there was like a, a quick video, five seconds of him like pumping the team up 
before going out there. And it was kind of lame, like Trevor Lawrence clearly is not a huge pump-up person. And the person wrote at the bottom, I would not run up a mountain for this man. <laughs> like, just like, I won't do anything for this guy. And I thought it was so funny because he had a really good game, but he clearly is a little awkward uh, at uh, at talking up his uh, to his team. But I, against the Ravens, to have a game like that, like, well done. Yeah, the only social media video that I saw was the Jaguars mascot doing the weird hip thrust dance after the touchdown. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> I that thought that's the one you were going to be talking about. No, 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 no. That one was okay. that was fun too. Also, very quickly, I, I thought it. You know, Justin Herbert has has finally starting to look a little bit more like the Justin Herbert we saw flashes of last year. I know he's had a bit of a a slow start to the year. Um, and a slow start to that game, but I he he had a pretty good game there. Three touchdowns, pretty good. Yeah, and I think that's kind of like a similar to the Brady situation where his top receiving options have been injured on and off throughout the whole season. Yeah, um, and he still doesn't have a full complement of his receivers, but at least they're Keenan Allen's back, and some of the other guys are starting to step up. So he, you're absolutely right. He did uh, he did have a pretty good week back to like what we kind of expected from him at the start of the season based on how he did last year. He uh, fun fact for you, Mike, the Austin Eckler manager, Herbert actually led the team with 38 rushing yards last yeah. week. Scrub. That's what I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> this is the fear of Austin Eckler. Okay. Scrub. All right. Uh, bus at quarterback. We had Russell Wilson, Kyle Allen, Bryce Perkins, and Andy Dalton. Ooh, what a, uh, what that a is... rough, rough time. <laughs> yeah. That is four names that you probably aren't shocked to hear. And you should you should really not have them on your team at this point. Like Russell Wilson, come on. <laughs> he he lost to Sam Darnold and the Panthers. Okay. Not good. No. Not good. And they committed a lot of money to him for a lot of term. Oh yeah. They're it's gonna be an interesting offseason for the Broncos. We'll leave it at that. Um, for running backs, we have Josh Jacobs, James Conner, Brian Robinson, Jamichael Hasty, Nick Chubb, Austin Eckler, and Miles Sanders. Yeah, Austin Eckler getting off his lazy ass and doing something. Great work. Um, <laughs> Josh Jacobs. Wow. Got to talk about him. <laughs> yeah. I was shocked when I saw that. Absolutely I, shocked when I the stats. He had a great game. And I remember I, I was watching the overtime. And when they missed that field goal i thought oh no like that's it seattle's gonna score and ultimately they didn't and you know what i don't know that Derek carr got enough credit because i i was watching that play and he was about to snap the ball and at the last second he clearly audibled away because he he was going kill 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 and he changed the play because he saw something Mm -hmm. so they clearly changed it to this just run up the middle okay we'll come back and we'll do this next play and do what we actually wanted to and Josh Jacobs ran untouched for 86 yards in overtime. <laughs> it was amazing to watch. Like the hole that he ran through could not have been any bigger. It was very impressive. And especially considering he injured his calf actually in the fourth quarter. I saw that. I and then came that. back and said, no, I'm finishing this game. <laughs> yeah. And then pulled that off. So this is, I mean, I, I, I don't have the stats in front of me, but this is not, I mean, this is a huge, huge week for him. He's had a couple big weeks this year, though, where he's done, like, not not over 200 yards, but he's had, like, multiple touchdown games, 
And in terms of fantasy, he's had one or two really, really good weeks, but then follows it up with like five points, nine points, and then 16, 12, and then like 45. Like he, he's been inconsistent for a little bit there. Yeah, so he's in standard scoring. He's had four games over 25 points this season, but he's also had five games under 10 points. Yeah, but that's that's been the Raiders offense this this year. They're they're just inconsistent as a team. Definitely. Um, So some plus for the week at running back. We had Travis Etienne, Kareem Hunt, Cam Akers, Damian Pierce, Michael Carter and Elijah Mitchell. So Travis Etienne, not really his fault. He left after two carries with a foot injury. Um, but Damian Pierce has posted back-to-back terrible weeks. They're in very tough matchups, and the Houston's uh, Houston Texans offense is just atrocious outside of Pierce. So when the team you're playing against jumps out to an early multi-score lead, you don't really want to run the ball very much. So like no. he only got five carries, I think, in this one before they just took him out of the game because why yeah. bother why bother frankly at that point like you did like he's he's a core piece moving forward beyond this terrible terrible year <laughs> yeah so he's kind of becoming a risky start because on the one hand if the if the texans are involved in the game he could get 30 carries mm-hmm. but if they get blown out which is very easy to do he only gets six or seven carries and the offense isn't even good enough to get him in close to the goal line that like, you're not even getting lucky that he's going to score a touchdown. Yeah. He's a risky start. Um, I think the Texans are probably going to draft a quarterback for next year, um, which might, uh, might give them a a bit of a a boost because he's a, this is a young running back that you need to start building a team with him. Um, But you're right. If they're going to get blown out, if they're going to not be in a game, with their bad quarterback situation, there might be a lot of games they're not in coming up. So, Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised either if they maybe make some moves in the free agency on the defensive side of things, or or maybe with a quarterback. Yeah. Um, and then whatever they don't work on, focus on in the draft. We'll see. Yeah. Damian Pierce, the next Austin Eckler. Hey, I think unfortunately he's going to be the next Najee Harris. And although <laughs> Najee has turned it around in the past he's few years. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's starting to get legs under him. Yeah, so we'll see. We'll see. Uh, wide receiver conquerors, Chris Godwin, Zay Jones, Garrett Wilson, T. Higgins, DJ Moore, DK Metcalf, and Christian Watson. So Chris Godwin did pretty much everything for Tom Brady, and Mike Evans did nothing. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, <laughs> this is the thing about especially the, the I mean cuz the, the Bucks ended up losing that game, didn't they? They did in overtime. Yeah, yeah, in overtime. Yeah. So, if if you've got Godwin and Evans going, that that team has a chance, like certainly the last last year and last two years. It's been those two shows, but yeah, I mean Chris Godwin made it look easy and got another 100-yard game and and Evans was a ghost. <laughs> like I don't know I don't know what he did. I'm sure you have some stats there, but Godwin was uh, was the guy to have on Tampa. Yeah, I mean, he Brady did throw the ball to Evans nine times. He only caught two. Oh, that's now good. a lot of them. A lot of them, <laughs> to be fair to Evans, were not great throws. Hmm. Um, but now, also to be fair to Brady, there was one in particular that I watched. 
it, it looked like if Evans had been willing to dive, he could have easily caught it and he would have had like a 40 or 50 yard completion. Hmm. Uh, but it looked like he just stopped running. So I don't know if he misjudged where the ball was, but it landed like within two yards of him. So I think if he had stretched it, cause he was a, he, he had a step on the defender. That's why they threw it to him. Yeah. And they went for the deep bomb cause he beat him off the line, but Brady threw it about two yards ahead of him. It just looked like from all the angles I saw that if Evans had been willing to dive, he, he probably could have brought that in. Yeah. So just miscommunication between the two of them. They just weren't on the same page, but he is very much still a target of Brady. Like Godwin had 13, he had nine. So it just didn't work out for them this week. He couldn't bring them in. No. Um, some busts. We had Robbie Anderson, Demarcus <laughs> Robinson, <laughs> Donovan Peoples-Jones, Robert Woods, Tyler Boyd, Jarvis Landry, Drake London, Mike Evans, and Alan Lazard. So Robbie Anderson, if he's on your fantasy football team, you just need to just get rid, get rid of him. him. There's yeah. got to be someone else on waivers that you can pick I, up. I would say at this point, I would say you could take all the available wide receivers, top 15, top 20 on the waiver wire, put mm. them all in a hat and pick one at random. <laughs> he, he would score better. I, yeah, probably. <laughs> I would be willing to bet that. Um, tight ends, conquerors. It was just three, Josh Oliver, Travis Kelsey, and Jordan Akins. Mm. Uh, Josh Oliver is, I believe, the third string tight end for Baltimore. I believe it goes Andrews, Isaiah Likely, and then Josh Oliver. And somehow Josh Oliver had the best finish out of the three of them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, usually Andrews is your uh, your go-to, right? Your, your always start. Yeah. Never fail. And Josh the re- Oliver. <laughs> what, what ended up happening, actually, and why I believe Josh Oliver was at the top was because there was consecutive plays, like I think four or five yards to go. They were it was goal to go, uh, play call, and the first one, Lamar Jackson threw it to Mark Andrews, literally hit him in the hands, and he didn't catch it. <laughs> so that would have been a touchdown for him, and would have bumped him up. He would have been a conqueror on the week for tight ends. Instead, he dropped it. Next play, I believe it was. I believe it was the next play. Maybe it was two plays after. It was the same series anyways. Uh, He threw it and Oliver had the touchdown. So that's it. Just you got to catch the ball when it comes to you in the end zone. Yeah, there you go. Um, For bus, we had Trey McBride, Evan Ingram, Logan Thomas, Taysom Hill, Greg Dulcich, Mo Cox, and Cameron Brait. Yeah. I mean, we already talked about Taysom Hill. Yeah. Yeah, those liars. For those of you who picked up Trey McBride in the hopes that he would replace Zach Ertz, has not gone well for you, unfortunately. <laughs> nope. <laughs> he had one reception for one yard. One reception for one yard. Yep. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> yeah. Even in PPR, that's not good. <laughs> no, that's two point one points. Yeah, it's brutal. Yeah. No, sorry, it's one point one point. One point one point one. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, I, I was get, yeah. I was thinking eleven yards. Yeah. One point one. One point one. Which is why one of the reasons why I don't like a full point. Like I don't believe you deserve a point for catching the ball. So a half point. So in a half point scoring, that would have been point six. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Brutal. But that's it for week 12's recap, and we're moving on to week thirteen. 
Here we go. Week 13. This is like what, two weeks left before fantasy playoffs. Uh, depend, be, depending on your league. Depending yeah. on the league. Depending on the league. Yeah. For our league, at least. We've for got our two league, weeks it's left. two. I think and for then, the majority of leagues, playoffs start in 15. I think if you're in a smaller league, uh, the playoffs start in week 16 because then you would only have two weeks couple. of playoffs. Yeah, for us, we've got we basically got the three rounds because we've got eight in the playoffs, four that don't qualify, and then we go from eight to four to two. So we do 15, 16, 17. But either way, even if your playoffs don't start for a week later, this, these are the final couple weeks to get your standings in order, like to really to get those wins in. So yeah, it's crunch there's only, time. Uh, only two playoff spots still left for grabs in our league. Yeah, that everyone else Final two. Yep. And and we're starting to get a sense. It's not finalized, but we're starting to get a sense of the standings a bit. Um, there's still going to be some standings battles for the next couple of weeks, but it's starting to to separate a little bit where we're, we're starting to see one, two, and three have a bit of a game in hand now um, on on the rest. So we'll see how that finishes. It's going to be uh, it's going to be a battle these final two weeks. Yeah, these are going to be some important start set decisions that you make each week now moving forward because it can be the difference between going to the playoffs and not, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. So for week 13, we'll start at quarterback. And quarterback starts of the week. We've got Trevor Lawrence, Deshaun Watson, and Justin Herbert. We haven't really talked about them all year. Let's talk about them. Deshaun Watson's return. Yep. Well, uh, we haven't talked about him because we haven't seen him play football in a season and a half now. The half because he was accused and uh, suspended for doing some pretty terrible things. So not a good human, but in terms of fantasy football, you got to go with what you're given, I guess. And this week he will be returning to the starting lineup. And he's going up against not only one of the league's worst defenses, but also his former team. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we have no idea what Deshaun Watson is going to look like on a football field. I have nope. no idea if this is like he might go out there and make Daniel Jones and Andy Dalton look like Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. I mean, he already makes Aaron Rodgers look like the best human on the planet. So, yeah, you know, yeah, if you put the two of them in a room. You're picking Aaron Rodgers. I'm picking Aaron Rodgers. Oh yeah, a yeah. hundred times out of a hundred times. If I'm if I'm in a room and I gotta choose Deshaun Watson or Aaron Rodgers, I'm picking Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> yep. We can talk uh, about meat or non-meat or meat replacements or blue of earth or whatever he wants to talk about. I'd rather that than be in a room with Deshaun Watson. Absolutely. Well, there you go. But uh, in regards, in terms of fantasy football, at least. He, if he still has any juice you're in him, giving him a start. So you're you're yep. thinking that he's going to come out and, and have a good game against his former team. Like you're thinking that's going to work out. I think so. I think so because he was such a good player before he sat out the season, and then obviously all this these legal issues happened. That if he has managed to hang on to even the majority of that, especially in this matchup, he should be able to do great right um he's been back at practice now i believe for a few weeks i think in november mid-november he was allowed to return to practice and then this week was his first week that he was eligible to actually play and is so, he guaranteed to start like are they announced he's starting over jacoby Brissett? i i believe they announced that a few weeks ago hmm. i thought they did too like i thought he was 
assured he was going to start in that first game back, but I was just, yeah, just double checking if they haven't changed their minds for some reason. No, I don't think so. I'm just trying to do a quick double check. Uh, yeah, there's no no articles saying that it's a controversy or that they're still hemming and hawing about it. So I think what they said a few weeks ago is what they're still going for. And then if things maybe start going sideways, they'll just pull the plug and let Jacoby back in since he's been doing pretty decent for them. He hasn't been terrible. He hasn't been terrible, Brissette. No, the the past few weeks he's he's actually made a case for no, you guys can keep me as the starter. But yeah, yeah. they they brought Deshaun Watson in even with everything going on for a reason. And the reason Again, was when you for him invest that yeah, when you invest that much in a player, like your ownership's coming to you saying, You're playing this guy. Like we've exactly. invested a lot, we need to see what we have here. Totally. Yep. Uh, so for running backs this week, we have Travis Etienne, Ezekiel Elliott, and Josh Jacobs. Okay, talk about Travis Etienne. So frustrating fact for the Etienne managers out there, uh, including my opponent in Week 12, he was cleared to go back into that Week 12 game. Hmm. The medical staff said he was fine to go back in the game. The team made the decision to play it safe with him and keep him out for the rest of the game because they know how important he is. Right. So what that tells me is, and what he has said to the media is, I am fine. I will be playing in week 13. And everything that's come out during the game seems to back him up because you can't always trust the players. You know, like they'll say, nope, I'm fine. I feel great. And then game day they're they're out. But everything behind the scenes that has come out through the different reports and through the media all seem to back him up. And they're taking on the Lions this week, who have mm. a terrible rushing defense. They've been a great uh, matchup to target for your running backs all year. And when ETN's out there, he is involved in the running game and the passing game. He is a key part of their offense. So he will be, if, if he's in that game, he is going to be going full tilt, and he should be able to put up great points this week. Yeah. So for wide receiver, we have Devontae Smith. T. Higgins, again, and Keenan Allen. All right, let's talk about Keenan Allen. So since he come, he's come back from his injury, he has had no fewer than seven targets in a game. Hmm. And with Mike Williams still out with uh, his injury, there's no reason that that's going to change this week. And they're going up against the Raiders secondary, who have been terrible all season. And that's part of why the Raiders have been up and down is because they've been getting killed early in some games and that puts them in bad uh, offensive game scripts. So Justin Herbert should be able to throw all over them. And Keenan Allen is one of his favorite targets when he's on the field. So I think he is going to be the one that benefits the most from this. He might not get into the end zone, but even then he's still posting decent fantasy finishes even in standard formats with just the yards that he's getting. So I think he has a good chance of getting in the end zone anyway and giving you that great week, but he has a very, very safe floor in this matchup. So if you need him as your wide receiver too, go for it. Makes sense. So at tight ends for this week, we've got Pat Fryermuth, Foster Moreau, and Juwan Johnson. Every week I like to pick one player for you to talk about that I've never heard of. (laughs) <laughs> so talk to me about Foster uh, Moreau. Don't even know what team he's on. 
He is on the Raiders. He is the tight end who's filling in for the injured reserved Darren Waller. Mm. And in the past three weeks, he has scored two touchdowns. So they're going up against the Chargers this week with how Josh Jacobs has been playing and going up against a terrible Chargers run defense. The Raiders have a pretty good shot at making this a competitive game and a high scoring one. And for whatever reason, Roe seems to have caught uh, Derek Carr's eye in the end zone. He doesn't get a lot of volume because obviously that's all going to Devontae Adams, but he is getting those valuable red zone looks. And if he gets in the end zone, even with only two or three catches, he's probably giving you an 8, 10, 12 point finish in standard format. And if you're looking at the, if you're even considering starting Foster Moreau, that means you're streaming a, a tight end every week and you can't ask for much more than that. So if you're in need of a streaming tight end, Moreau's got a good matchup that you can roll the dice with. Well, I, I hope he makes a name for himself this week. This is your chance. Make a name for yourself. Yep. In, well, you know, I don't know. I don't think it's been confirmed if Darren Waller's going to come back or not. It's all going to depend on how his mm. resting his hamstring is going, right? Yeah, that's true. Like, it, the, especially with that type of injury, that could be lingering. Like, that could well, bug you for the rest of the year. Well, that's what got him landed on the injured reserve was yeah. it kept lingering and he kept re-aggravating it. So yeah. they're hoping four weeks of doing nothing was enough, but you never know. You never know. So this could be his last hurrah or he could have the rest of the season. But we'll move on to our sits for week 13. So at quarterback, we've got Russell Wilson, Daniel Jones, and Ryan Tannehill. I mean, we've already talked about Russell Wilson enough, so let's talk about Daniel Jones. All right. So the Cowboys uh, have kind of come back to earth over the past few weeks. Not doing as hot as they were at the start of the year. And now they're coming off one tough matchup against the Cowboys defense, and now they're going up against the Commanders defense who've pretty quietly been a tough matchup for opponents. Yeah, I mean, kind of, honestly, you said quietly, but really, like, out of nowhere, Washington's kind of turned a bit of a corner here. Like, their defense is playing phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, they've always, over the past few seasons, they've been known to have a strong defense. Mm. But I, I can't remember if it was last year or the year before, they, like, imploded on defense. Yeah, and, this is, yeah and this was such a rough start to their season. Yeah. So now their defense is kind of coming back to where we all have expected them to be and gotten used to seeing them as. And they could get their defensive star Chase Young back for this matchup. So if he's back, this is even more of a don't just sit Daniel Jones this week. But even if Chase Young doesn't come back, the way the commander's defense is playing and the way that Jones has struggled in tough defensive matchups this year, I don't, you don't want to risk your playoff opportunity if you're still fighting for a playoff spot by putting Jones in. Yeah, look for a different streamer this week because again, if you're if you're considering Jones, that means one of two things has happened: the quarterback that you drafted to be your number one, like Trey Lance, got injured, and now you're stuck with your backup, or you're just playing quarterbacks each week based on the matchup. Don't play Jones this week because of the matchup. Yeah, no, oh, that's fair. So for running backs, we've got Latavius Murray, Jeff Wilson Jr., and Kenneth Walker. I was so shocked to see Kenneth Walker on this list, so you got to talk to me about that. So not so fun fact about Kenneth Walker. Over the past two games, 
Walker's averaged less than two yards a carry. He ha- he, sa- he saved his week last week with two touchdowns, mm-hmm. but outside of that, he was not very efficient, and he was not very efficient in week 11 either. That's not something you want to bet on because now that gets us into what we talked about before. You need a touchdown or you're screwed. Yeah, yeah, he's getting into kind of that category of player <laughs> without that touchdown. Yeah, kind of and yeah. it's kind of weird because at the start, where I get not so much the start of the season, but when he took over for Rashad Penny after the after Penny got injured, he wasn't having that issue. He was running well and mm-hmm. he looked great. But over the past two weeks, for whatever reason, whether it's something with the O line or just teams know that they have to focus on him, it's just not been working out for him. Um, yeah. And now this week they're going up against the LA Rams, who despite all of their issues on the offensive side of the ball, they still have a great defense. And they're, I believe, the fifth-ranked fifth ranked run defense. They're, they're definitely a top-five mm-hmm. rushing defense. So that's not a team that you really want to go up against when you're having issues getting more than two yards per carry. I, I get it if you have to play them, especially if uh, you don't have another like elite option. But. And it's it's tempting. I, as a manager who's had so many players that that if you get that touchdown, they're good, and if you don't, you're in trouble. It's so tempting because you think they're going to get that touchdown because they do. Like Kenneth Walker, he, you know, yeah, he scored two touchdowns. Like that's that's great for points. But I, you know, I see what you're saying. If he's not getting the opportunities and he's not accomplishing with the opportunities he is getting, he's not getting yardage. He's not showing the, that stat line. It could fall apart anything any time like Clyde Edwards Hilaire etc and all the other examples of it so I see what you're saying yeah I like I 100% support having Kenneth Walker on your team I have him on multiple fantasy teams this is just not the the week to put him in your starting lineup if you have another option Mm, save him save him for lineups down the road because you are going to need him yeah um, but we'll move on to our wide receivers. So Brandon Cooks, Chase Claypool, and Michael Pittman Jr. Michael Pittman Jr. Talk to me about him. He uh, he just had a fun catch. <laughs> yeah, a good catch. A good touchdown catch this week. He did. So with Michael Pittman Jr., I guess the best way to sum it up is right now there are two things that are true when you talk about the Colts passing game. Pittman is by far... Matt Ryan's favorite target. Mm-hmm. And Matt Ryan is playing terrible football. <laughs> yes, true. <laughs> so, unfortunately, Pittman has to make the most of every single care, uh, target that he gets because the quarterback play is so bad. They are, Those are not high-value targets anymore. They are just mm-hmm. you're living off the volume. And the Colts are going up against the Cowboys. Tough the Cow- Yep, the Cowboys know that Pittman is their passing game and Jonathan Taylor is their running game. Their defense is strong enough. They can cover both of them. I would expect that Pittman can, is going to see a lot of Trayvon Diggs covering him because he is their star uh, defensive back. So I think they're going to put him, put him on Pittman and then they're going to do everything they can to stop uh, Jonathan Taylor and to rush and sack Matt Ryan. Pittsburgh did a great job of pressuring him. Like I'm, I'm surprised that 
the score was as close as it was based on how the first, I think, three or four series went for Indianapolis. It was terrible football to watch. And I think we're going to expect more of that because the Cowboys defense is an even harder matchup for Matt Ryan to try to throw to. And as a result, Pittman's going to suffer this week. Again, I get it, especially if you're in a PPR league. It's hard to hard to shy away from someone who you know is going to get a lot of those targets. But they're not going to be high-quality targets this week. They are going to be desperation throws because he's just looking for his safety valve and trying not to get sacked. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. We'll move on to our final category. The tight end sits Robert Tunyon, Evan Engram, and Greg Dulcich. Robert Tunyon. Robert Tunyon. So it has been five weeks since Robert Tunyon had more than 30 receiving yards. On top of that, Aaron Rodgers got hurt in week 12. And while he says he's going to be playing against the Bears this week, that's not a guarantee that he will. And even if he is, there's no guarantee he's going to be at full strength. And even when he has been at full strength, Rodgers has not been able to get Tunyon meaningfully involved. He's only getting a handful of targets each game, and he's not getting them down the field. They've all been short distance, hence the not breaking 30 yards in the past five weeks. Um, And then the final nail in the coffin for Tunyon this week is that they're going up against the Bears defense, which on its own is just middle of the pack but the Bears are a top-five defense against opposing tight ends. They don't let tight ends score on them very often, and you kind of need a a touchdown from Tunyon, or he's going to hurt you in your starting lineup. So I don't see that happening against the Bears' defense, especially with everything that's going on with Rodgers. And maybe it's Rodgers, maybe it's Love, maybe it's Rodgers, but he's not playing at full strength. He's got the thumb issue. He's got, uh, I think he had an oblique injury. I'm not sure. Maybe it was his ribs. I, I honestly don't remember. But something that it makes it difficult to throw. Um, so it's just not looking good for Tunyon in this matchup. Yeah, and all all joking aside, it's just been such a rough year for the Packers offense in general that even if you have Love in there versus Rodgers and Rodgers being hurt or healthy, I don't know if you can 100% count on them. So if you have a matchup situation, you probably are, are not looking to to play anyone from the Packers offense unless they're really playing a team that's defense is just atrocious. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that is it for week 13 starts and sits. And um, just a reminder to everyone, you can send in your, uh, any questions that you have through our social media, at conquer your draft on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, you can mail us at contact at conqueryourdraft.com or you can go to the website conqueryourdraft.com and go to our podcast page. Um, there is a questionnaire that you can fill out there and we'll try to answer your questions on the show. But that is it for us this week. Uh, good luck with your matchups, everybody.